Life is full. It's full of beautiful moments, hard moments, and a whole lot of mundane in between. Often we find ourselves going through the motions and we end up seeing mostly the hard, mostly the boring, and failing to see the good in our days at all. With Intention is a podcast about changing the narrative. I'm your host, Desiree, and I'm no expert at living intentionally. I'm just here to share my personal learnings alongside stories from others about how we're learning to see the beauty in the mundane, celebrate our beautiful, ordinary, everyday lives, and approach every aspect of them with intention. We'll talk about things like motherhood and family, reflecting and taking care of ourselves, our work, our homes, all the things that make up our days. My hope is that you'll leave our conversations reminded that our beautiful, hard, ordinary, mundane days, this messy life, it's full of good and it's full of purpose and it's meant to be lived well with the utmost intention. I'm so glad you're here. Let's get to today's episode. Welcome back to With Intention. I am so glad that you're here, that you're listening in. We are officially in back to school season. At least I am. I am a 12th grade virtual English teacher, and I have just started back to school for professional development before the students get here. My husband is back to school. He's a teacher as well. If you're a teacher or if you have kids that are school-aged, most likely they're either already back when you're listening to this or they're going back soon. So today's episode, really it applies to anyone who plans meals for their family in some way, shape, or form. But we're really focusing in on how can we meal plan and do this thing of getting food on the table with less stress, especially when busier seasons of life, like back to school, come up. Today, my guest is Christine Pittman, and Christine's passion is creating recipes that take less time in the kitchen so that we can all spend more time enjoying life. She's a busy single mom of two. She totally gets how tough it can be to be planning meals when life gets busy. And that's why she's been figuring things out for her own family and sharing that with others. She now helps over 2 million people a month get delicious meals on their tables through her website and blog, cookthestory.com. You can find Christine on social media at cookthestory, wherever you could follow along, like Instagram, Facebook, wherever it is, at cookthestory. This episode is full of tangible tips that you can take away and use right away, especially in this back to school season. So let's dive right into my conversation with Christine. All right. Well, I am so excited to have Christine on the podcast today to talk all about meal planning and everything that you do with food and especially when it comes to back to school. So First, before we get dive into all of that, could you just tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do and kind of what your passion is? Yeah, for sure. Uh, thanks for having me on, Desiree. I'm really excited to be here. Um, so I am a food blogger primarily. I have cookthestory.com, which I started, oh gosh, like 12 years ago at this point, and then the cookful.com, which is five or six years old too. So it's all sort of food and recipes all the time. And then I also have a podcast called Time Management Insider, where we focus on time management and meal planning, um, but mostly like home-based time management stuff, not like work productivity or anything like that. It's like how to fit the laundry in and meal planning and cooking is of course such a huge time-consuming part of most of our home lives. So there's a big emphasis on that, which is convenient because that's what I love is food. <laughs> and I have two kids. I'm a single mom. I'm divorced and my kids are with their dad every second week. So I feel like I end up in this 
probably very familiar world to a lot of people, but interesting because I have my kids here sometimes and it's chaotic and I'm trying to get them to eat healthy and trying to do all of the things that we have to do with that. And then I have this other week where it's like me trying to figure out how to balance my life and be my own self and sort of be like a single person sometimes, you know? So that's me in a nutshell, I guess. I love that perspective because it's kind of a unique one, but at the same time, one that a lot of people relate to, right? Mm -hmm. um, we all have different family situations and you have this podcast, you focus on the home-based time management, which like you said, those things, cooking takes up so much time from the meal planning to the grocery mm -hmm. shopping to the actual cooking, getting the food on the table, cleaning it up. Yeah. And you know, I feel like it's time, but I think there's also, I mean, you're, you're a mom and you're saying what I hear so often. There's this pressure that it's kind of falling to us, not only to do it, but to somehow be good at it and to like it. Like you're supposed to, like if you're a good mom, whatever that means, you're supposed to like this part of it. And so it's, it's often not true for most people. And so you end up in this place where you have this huge job. It's a huge responsibility and you don't love it, and then you feel guilty for not loving it, like on top of it. Right, absolutely. Kind of as we're talking about meal planning and everything, and that's what we're going to dive into today, how you said there are kind of, there's kind of like a rhythm to what it looks like, and n not necessarily different seasons, but different from week to week for you. But mm -hmm. there are also different seasons to meal planning. Mm -hmm. Not only is like different food in seasons, or you want different foods during the seasons, but there's like a level of, okay, there are seasons when I'm busier and there are seasons when I'm less busy. I'm a teacher, mm -hmm. so I can fully relate to like what we're about to talk about on a whole nother level. Because in the mm -hmm. summer, I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll just cook all day. Like, it's fine. You know, that's my main responsibility. My main work responsibility is off the table right now. But when we get back to school, whether we're teachers, whether we have kids at home all summer and now we're sending them back and maybe older kids who like have a lot going on you're taking them mm -hmm. to evening things um it can be I feel like it gets wild <laughs> around that time yeah and and this year too a lot of people I mean whether people were homeschooling or sending their kids to school or whatever everybody's lives were a little bit calmer right like we didn't have the extracurriculars in my in my family they'd all shut down even if we wanted to do them which I don't think we wanted to but so there just wasn't all that driving around and there was just more time. And I'm feeling, even though I'm like technically an expert on this, I'm, as it's getting closer, I'm getting a little panicky. Like, oh God, I'm not, I'm not in practice with this. Like, I, I don't remember exactly what the rhythm was. And so thinking about it a little bit early and, and getting prepared and recognizing that it might not go so smoothly and that that's okay. That's all stuff that we could be doing now as we gear up for that crazy back to school season. Yeah, absolutely. So that's why I'm excited to pick your brain on it. <laughs> um, <laughs> sure. so my first um, kind of question around this is just broad, because I just want to know what are some of your biggest tips, like as you are thinking about it and gearing up for it, what are some things that you um, would say, you know, keep keeps this time of year simpler or at least just manageable uh, mm -hmm. when it comes to the food and meal prep in general? Yeah, so I have, I guess I have a bunch of tips, but some of my favorite. So my number one favorite one is to keep a calendar, just like a paper PDF printable calendar, or like one of those cat calendars that you got for Christmas from someone, any kind of calendar, and write down on it 
what you've had for dinner in the previous days, sort of like keeping a journal, even like takeout or something you stopped quickly and got at the grocery store, or whatever you do, if you're writing it down, then when you need ideas later, you've got this like huge list of things that you've tried that maybe worked or didn't. And I love that too for, I think a lot of people try different meal planning techniques. You get a new cookbook or you, whatever it is, and you do it for a week or two and then you abandon it. This way you still have the data. Like, okay, the cookbook didn't work great or you, you got tired of that or whatever. But two months later, you'll be like, oh gosh, that taco recipe was the best. We loved it. You know, so having that there, so to keep track of the things you've tried and what's worked, I love that. The other thing that I do all the time is I have two-ish, two, two to four meals that I think I make every two weeks. Sometimes, I mean, there's one that I do that it just all my family loves and um, it's so easy. It's, it's not even on my website, so I'm not promoting myself at all right here. This is just like a thing that I do all the time. It's either shrimp or chicken tacos, flour or corn, whatever we're in the mood for. And then I buy this, um, it's Southwest chopped salad at the grocery store. And it's like cabbage and carrots. Now my kids will not eat cabbage, cooked or raw in any other way, but something about the dressing on this, you mix it together, it's got pumpkin seeds and taco chips in there. And you just put the cooked chicken or shrimp in the taco with this salad. It's healthy. It's got lots of vegetable going on and flavor and they eat it and it's ready in, you know, five or six minutes. And I, I swear I make that every two weeks. So having like that, like list of four meals that everybody loves, you know, I don't know um, what your kids are like, but I feel like if I ask them what they want for dinner, they're going to say spaghetti like every time, which means that if I make a nice, healthy, robust filling spaghetti, I don't have to be like feeling bad, like, oh God, but we had spaghetti last week. They don't care. That's what they wanted anyways. So having those few things that they love that are, that are healthy in your mind, that are easy and not feeling guilt about repeating them, I think is, is really great. Um, and then I love um, anything to do with like burrito bowl, salad bowl, those kinds of bowl dishes, especially because between my two kids and myself and then my boyfriend's here quite often. And like I said, I have this like rotating, it's different all the time, having dishes where people can kind of customize their own. Like I'm putting out, you know, some warm rice, some warm chickpeas or chicken or something. And then there's tomatoes, cucumbers, peppers, a few different things chopped up and people can add what they like. And then I'm not worrying and that say, oh wait, she doesn't like peppers and he doesn't like cucumbers and he doesn't like, what am I going to make? It doesn't matter because everybody can customize their own thing. So those are, I think, my three favorite tips right now. I love that. I especially am a huge fan of like bowls in general for myself. Mm -hmm. Like I just like them, but also I, I have a toddler. She's almost four and she doesn't like half the things that like I would put on a dinner for myself, you know? So mm -hmm. That is so helpful. And plus you can double those, like make way more than enough and then have them as leftovers for lunches. So I just love that tip so much. Oh, thanks. And I actually, I like them too, because you can make your leftovers look like something like completely different again. Like if you're making rice anyways, earlier in the week, you make a double batch. You're making chicken earlier in the week, you make a double batch. And then you get... I don't know, some smoked Gouda and some I don't, radishes. My kids will never eat radishes. I don't know why I just thought of radishes, but whatever. You mm -hmm. add a couple of different things and you don't even realize it's the same food. They don't realize the same food, but because you're using the leftovers like that, it's just taking a couple of minutes to put together. 
Yeah, that is, I feel like that's key, like in Mm -hmm. these busier seasons and when, you know, the rhythm of life changes is to make things at least, you know, as, as many days as you can to make things quicker or, you know, to make less work for yourself. If you put more work into it on the weekend, make less work for yourself during the week. I always think that's a great plan. Oh, yeah, for sure. And figuring out ways to make use of leftovers. Soups are also great places for leftovers. The bowls, pastas, baked pastas, like any time that you can just combine a bunch of stuff in a different way. Of course, also, I mean, the bowl thing kind of comes, I think, from like a Tex-Mex tradition. The beautiful thing about Tex-Mex food is it's like the same ingredients in different packages. You have taco salad one day, you have a burrito bowl a couple days later, you have tacos a couple days after that, and nobody is like realizing that it's the same foods that you've cooked, you know? Exactly. So when it comes to meal planning, um, I know you talked about the calendar and you talked about kind of having two to four meals rotating. Mm -hmm. So I kind of want to get a little bit more technical if you do things technically. I know I I do sometimes and then sometimes I don't. So whatever Mm -hmm. it looks like for you, I just want to hear what does your meal planning kind of system look like in general, I guess from start to finish? Okay. Yeah. So I actually, I have meal plans on my website and if people want to look at them, they can. It's a cookthestory.com slash meal plans. And there's, well, there's over 40 of them there. I often start with one of those, but I like just about anybody else who's going to look at them. It doesn't always match what's happening in my life and what my kids are going to eat. So I rotate through a variety of stuff. Like my kids don't like white fish, like tilapia or that kind of thing. But I still have those things on meal plans because some of my readers like those things. So I'm going to go to one of these meal plans and I'm going to be like, ooh, Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday are great. Tuesday and Friday, not so much. But I can grab those as that like first inspiration idea because I think we, you know, I don't know, I sit down and I write like Monday to Friday on the side of a piece of paper and then I stare at it for a really long time and having that like, okay, it's a starting point. You know, oh, tilapia fish fillets with tartar sauce. Okay, well, they're not going to eat the tilapia, but you know what? We haven't had salmon in a while. I'll make some salmon. And it gives you that like jumping off point to have somebody else's ideas there. So that's where I start. And then I do look at my calendar. Um, I have a calendar and then sometimes it's more like a written list and I keep a book of lists. But whatever it is, I kind of flip through there and I get some ideas. Uh, That's where it starts. Um, And then from there, I make my grocery list based on what I need for those things. What I love to turn to also is I have a master grocery list. So this is like the things that I buy almost every time that I go grocery shopping and I put mine together. um, I'll I'll just say it took me a long time to put it together for the longest time. I was like, I really need a list of the stuff that I buy every time. Oh, but I don't want to make that list like that kind of like, oh, when am I going to do that? And then one day I just decided to keep all of my grocery lists from like a month and I just kept them on my desk and didn't throw them out. And then from there, I was able to very quickly make like an Excel spreadsheet of, okay, there's always tomatoes, there's always cucumbers, there's always yogurt, there's always. So I make my grocery list based on that master grocery list and what I need for the recipes. So I think like my, my thing, the Monday to Friday list on the piece of paper, that's kind of how I, I just start with it. Um, I think that's kind of, maybe that's boring. I don't know. It's just, I think it's what my mom did. It's what I do. I do pay attention to what I have in the fridge. So if I have something in the pantry, stuff that I want to use up. Um, Also, you know, when I'm doing that, that's also when I kind of go through the fridge and get rid of some things. If anything's gone bad, I'm making space. Um, 
Yeah. So that's, that's most of the procedure, Monday to Friday list, and then grabbing some ideas from other people's meal plans, my meal plans, um, from my calendar, and then doing my grocery shopping based on that. Yeah, I think that's so helpful to to have a template to start with. And I love that you have so many options on your website. That's amazing. Um, but too, I just love the idea of even what you said with the calendar and with um, like with your grocery list of just, I think so often we, we start with that blank list every single week. Mm-hmm. And sometimes like for me, I know when I get in a funk with meal planning, like I just won't even make a list. I'll just be like, okay, just basic list of proteins, basic list of in like whatever I feel like, and I'll just put them together and throw them together. But then, so I never made a list to begin with. I still, I still make food for the family though. Right. So like food still gets put on the table, whether we do a little bit more takeout those weeks or not. And if you like, I just love the idea of writing down what you made after, like the after effect, you know, and like, like the master grocery list, it feels like more work, but it's just like, you've already done the work and now it's just mm-hmm. writing it down so that you don't have to do as much work later. That's so. Yeah. Cool. And I think, yeah, you know what, you've just, you've made me realize that there's a way to phrase this, which actually fits in with your podcast, the intentionality aspect too, is that we often are thinking about the future when we're meal planning, like what are we going to have? What are we going to put on our grocery list? And realizing that we can look to the past more and more like, obviously we're kind of doing that. Okay. What are we going to have tomorrow? The kids all like this, like we're using our information, but like really keeping that data and intentionally making use of the past and what's worked for us in the past to make the future easier like that. Yeah, absolutely. I hope you're enjoying today's episode, but I want to take a quick break to tell you about something that I created. If you have been following along for a while now, then you know about Simple Morning Lists. Two years ago, I created a morning routine kind of journal that can help you get centered and start your day with intention, focused on your purpose, focused on gratitude, focused on the things that matter while letting go of the things that don't before your day ever starts. So as we are starting back to school, as we are starting back into routines, if you have kids or if you're a teacher or if the fall brings some kind of switch up to your routine in general, or if you're just in need of a different type of morning, if your mornings have been feeling stressful or just kind of lacking purpose, this is for you. Like I said, this is a structured journal that just helps you set up your day each morning. And if you want to find out more about it, you can head to simplemorninglist.com. That's simplemorninglist.com. So that will also be in the show notes. That link will be in the show notes, but let's jump back in to today's episode. I know one of the things that we'd kind of talked about beforehand is using like meal boxes or um, meal services. So tell me kind of your experience with that and why you, you know, you create recipes, but why do you kind of encourage that? Or at least you're like, a, I don't know, you're a fan of that as well. I, I am playing around with meal kits. So I'm using HelloFresh. This is not, again, not it's not an affiliate link or anything like that. I, I'm sure they have that. I haven't looked into it. But uh, <laughs> I'm using HelloFresh right now. I find that the weeks when it's just me and my boyfriend here, he's here for maybe half of the nights, um, it works wonderful. I just have 
this freedom. I know that dinner's taken care of. I don't have to think about it. The ingredients are here. The meal's been chosen. It's like a weight off of my shoulders that I just don't. Actually, we were supposed to get our, our HelloFresh delivery tomorrow. And it came today because we're getting a tropical storm in. So I think they've like brought it in earlier or something. Yeah. And I just today felt myself relax. Like, oh, I have the thing that I was planning to make for dinner and two other options here. And it just feels relaxing to not have to make the decision because it's the decision making that is half the time the hardest part. You know, I will say though that I often cancel it on the weeks when I have my kids because they're just, they're pickier and I, it, it, it's really difficult to, you, there's like some spicy sauce or there's some sort of thing going on. So that's happening. And then twice now I have made a HelloFresh meal when my kids were here and we had activities to get to my daughter at a guitar lesson or whatever. And they take me just a little bit longer somehow to make than my own cooking. And like I, and I, both of us were eating out of plastic containers in the car on the way to the guitar lesson. Like that sort of happened, which doesn't happen when I'm doing it on my own. So I love them for taking away the decision-making process. I love them when I'm feeding people who aren't as restricted with their preferences. But when it comes to like really busy schedules with my kids or dealing with their pickier palates, it's a little trickier. And I haven't, I'm not sold on it as the ideal solution right now. Definitely trying it though. They have like discount codes and things you can get a good deal. And take the pressure off for like if you have a busy week coming up and you know it's coming, giving that a try and not feeling bad about it. Like I really, like because this is what I do for a living, it took me like two years to finally like cave in and be like, fine, I'll try this thing. And you know, it's okay. I cook for a living and sometimes I want a break and everybody can have a break, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Anytime I have had them and I've used them for like seasons of time, basically, whereas it doesn't even necessarily, it doesn't plan out like the whole week for me. I'm still doing some type of planning, but it just takes some of the pressure off. And I've tried a couple of different ones and I like HelloFresh and Green Chef are two that I really like. When I've tried Green Chef, that's the one that where my toddler has really eaten pretty much everything too. Oh. And sometimes like I'll like hold the sauce off or something onto the side and that has helped. Um, But I just, I kind of like that it's almost an experience of like, if you're in a cooking rut or a meal planning Mm -hmm. rut, it's like makes it a little bit more fun. I also noticed that Green Chef, it takes a little bit less time, but it still does. It's like you're kind of starting from, it's not a recipe that you already know. So yeah, there is something with the fact that it takes a little bit extra time or something. I don't know what it is. For me, you know what? I, I, I forget about this. I don't enjoy cooking the recipes as much. For me, the end of the day, I finish my work day, I go and relax for a little while, and then I put on a podcast and I start cooking. And I don't have to think. Like I know how to make my, my things that I make all the time. And maybe I have to check something quickly. Like, oh, wait, do I put that in this one? Or, you know, what was the how did I do it last time or something like that? But really, I, I'm just free and I'm, I'm doing my thing and I'm adding my seasonings and, and I'm not thinking about it so I can focus on the podcast or if one of my kids is wandering to the kitchen, I can have a conversation. Whereas with this, I've never made it before and the recipe's kind of like, they're interwoven. So you're, it's, it's differently stepped than I think I do things and I totally understand it and I've heard great things from people who don't have a lot of cooking experience that they learn a lot from this about how to time different things. So that's amazing. But for me, it's like off my timing somehow. And so I have to really concentrate. I can't listen to anything else. 
I can't talk to anybody else. So I feel like it's, it's zapped some of my Zen relaxation cooking time. But the trade-off again is somebody else made the decision. And often it's, it's kind of restauranty. Like it feels like food that I would have in a restaurant and like, Oh, I would never think of that sauce or I would never do that. And so it's like going to a restaurant, but without having to get in the car and drive all the way there and wait for a table and comparable price, maybe, maybe a little bit less. Yeah. So there's lots of positives, but then there's, there's drawbacks and weighing that and figuring out what works, I think is key there. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think too, it's kind of like a nice, maybe not something to throw in there for like the first week back to school, (laughs) but (laughs) like within that season, if you know, okay, I'm going to get three meals. I need more time on like a or I need a quick meal on a Tuesday, so I'm not going to do it on a Tuesday, but I'm going to do it, you know, this day, this day, and this day, and just mm-hmm. mix things up and not have to think about planning as much. You know, it does it does take the weight off there. Oh, yeah. And I actually, the other thing that I love about it is I find that I go to the grocery store less. And so you, I, I try to do one shop a week, but usually I end up there two, even sometimes three times if I have to stop and get something. But because I know the meals are coming and that they're there, I'm more likely to be like, oh, you know, I do need yogurt for the kids' lunches tomorrow, but we can go without it because I don't need anything else because dinner is all here. Like, so I feel like it's stop, it's saving. So money maybe because I'm not doing that grocery shop, but it saves that little bit of time too, right? Because i like cutting down the number of grocery trips that I'm making, which is huge. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think one thing too, with the meal planning, like boxes, one thing that is, it's often really healthy food. And I know that's something that you kind of mentioned earlier, that that's a priority for you is to be cooking healthy meals. And I think all of us, we all want that, right? We all want to, whatever healthy looks like, looks different for each family, but we want to put food that nourishes our families on the table. So when things get busier, that's often the thing that falls off, right? Because it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, get whatever as fast as we can, or I don't want to think as much. We're just going to go simple and easy. And oftentimes that nutrition piece can fall by the wayside. So something you talk about is kind of like some uh, immune supporting foods getting in there with the back to school stuff. So what do you do when it comes to getting healthy food that maybe even does like support the immune system as well as we're getting Mm -hmm. back to school on the table? So I, I really find that having a lot of vegetables on hand that can be eaten raw that my kids like is the most important thing. And putting them, like I, I feel like everybody says this all the time, but until you've actually done it, putting them in the fridge in a way that's easy to spot and grab, not just for the kids grabbing a snack, but for me, including in a meal. Like I feel like, okay, we're making spaghetti. I've maybe put, so there's like some ground chicken and tomato sauce, and maybe I've put some carrots in there. If the cucumbers and broccoli are sliced right at eye level, I might grab a handful of those and put them on the side of the plate, like in a way that I don't think of normally. So having that stuff, the fruits too, I used to have, my fridge has like a lower down, like low down compartment where I used to keep the kids snacks, things like cheese, cheese strings and yogurt and fruits were all down there. And I realized that all of us open the top of the fridge first. And so they know that stuff's down there, but they're looking up at top first. So I actually reorganized it and put all of the fruits and the healthier things that I want them to be having right there in front of them. And it has made, it's made a difference to them eating it, but I can tell because I'm not throwing out as much or trying to figure out ways to use it up in the same way. So that, 
The other thing is I, as my kids are getting older, um, they're 13 and nine now, they are a little bit more vocal and obstinate if they don't want to eat something. I don't, it's all phases. The toddlers just say no and close their mouths or, or maybe they have a tantrum. It's like different phases, but they can even like reason with me. Like, you know, my son will be like, you don't like asparagus. You know that I've never liked asparagus. Why do I have to keep eating this? And I'm like, you're right. I respect you. I respect that you are voicing this argument, <laughs> you know? So I've been, I guess I'm worrying less about variety these days for them and more about like, oh, this is the stuff that they like for sure. He's going to eat a lot of avocado and tomatoes and carrots. I'm going to give him a lot of avocado and tomato and carrots. And he doesn't want the asparagus and the green beans. I'm not going to give him the asparagus and the green beans. And then at least I know that they're eating it. You know what I mean? So I feel like having the stuff easily accessible for them and choosing stuff that I know they're going to like and not beating myself up if it seems repetitive. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it would be different than like having a toddler where it's like the tip is usually keep the food exposure going. Like they say they don't want green beans one day, just put it on their plate the next day. You don't have to force them to eat it, but it's just like they might pick it up and decide they like it, which is totally what happens. (laughs) Yeah. But whenever they get older, yeah, if they keep saying, I don't like it, I don't like it, that doesn't necessarily work, right? They they form. Yeah, no. And yeah, maybe one day they'll like it down the road, but it's going to be on their own terms. Not exactly. because you need to put it on their plate, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I just love that idea of raw veggies that are just quick to grab as snacks. I know if if I have a lot of raw veggies in my fridge that even I like to snack on, like that makes me eat them more, you know? It's not my favorite. Like raw veggies aren't my favorite thing in the world, but if they're there and they're the ones that I like, then I'll eat them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know, I'm the same way and I find, like I do... um if I know there's things in the fridge that I want to use up or if I'm just trying to get us eating more vegetables, I'll put them on the counter even. Like they have to go back in the fridge at the end of the day. But like a bowl of sugar snap peas, everybody walks through the kitchen and grabs a sugar snap pea. Like there is, no, or, or, you know, my, my son will stand there talking to me and he'll have three or four of them. And I just, I stand there and I'm cooking and I'm feeling all smug because I'm like, it worked. But like, it really does. Nuts, like I'll put in a bowl of like nuts and raisins or just like whatever, like, little snack on the counter and they'll have it. And as long as it's stuff that I feel good that they're having, they're eating it. And, and that's great for all of us, you know? Yeah. That's so funny that you said that about the sugar snap peas. Cause there's literally a colander of like sugar snap peas on, on my countertop today and mm-hmm. they do, they get eaten when they're on the counter. So that's a perfect tip. I love that. When I'm sort of doing more of like a dieting thing, which I try not to do, but every now and then I'm phasing, I also will just pull out like a bag of carrots, like the baby carrots or something and put that on the counter because I, if I'm chewing on a carrot, I'm less likely to snack on whatever food I'm cooking. So, you know, there's a pile of shredded cheese for the tacos and half of it has gone in my mouth as I'm shredding it. (laughs) If there's a carrot in my mouth, that's less likely. So I do a lot of that, like strategically distracting my mouth with other things too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's always good to have like veggies to snack on while cooking, especially Mm -hmm. when you're like super hungry. I feel like I was always making my kids when they were younger, sort of like a separate meal. Like they, I don't know. It was, so I'm making whatever stir fry or something for myself and my partner. And then I'm also making them a little plate of 
little bits of things that I know they're going to eat. And half of those would go in my mouth every time because they're just, they're good. It's, you know, it's a little bit of bread. It's a little bit of peanut butter. It's a little bit of, and yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. That definitely happens. So I want to know just for fun, kind of some of your favorite, I guess more simple meals. I know you talked about bowls and different things like that, but are there any recipes that you can direct us to on your website that are fun for like the end of summer season or even fall, the fall season? Yeah, I have. Okay. I have a few favorites right now. So my absolute favorite thing to make right now and leading into the fall is a shrimp boil sheet pan dinner. So if you think of like a shrimp boil, it's shrimp and potatoes and corn on the cob and some like kielbasa or sausage Usually it's boiled and you spill it out on like newspaper or something. Uh, but this is just all done on a sheet pan in the oven at the same time. And so it's kind of like bright and summery and fun, but super easy because it's just on the pan. And the other sheet pan things, have you tried the store-bought gnocchi, like just the dry or frozen gnocchi on a sheet pan? Yes. And I really, well, I haven't had it on a sheet pan. I've just tried it because it's super easy, but I've never put it on a yeah. sheet pan. Well, so usually you boil the gnocchi, but it turns out that they will turn out perfectly fine straight from the package, whether they're frozen or shelf-stable, like with the spaghetti, from the package with a little bit of oil, salt and pepper, on a sheet pan with other stuff. So it's just, a, you know, like when we think about cooking things on a sheet pan, things have to cook in the same amount of time. And in terms of like a carbohydrate or grain, you can't, you know, you can't do farro or quinoa or whatever on the sheet pan. It needs to be boiled. But if you're trying to do everything on the pan, gnocchi is just an interesting new thing. So I have one that's like, a, oh, I'm trying to remember. It's like gnocchi and there's goat cheese and sage. There's one with chicken. There's a few different ones that are just really a fun open the pan and container of gnocchi, put that on the pan with some other ingredients and cook them up. And it's kind of like a bowl tossed pasta dinner that ends up happening without any boiling, no extra pot, no hot water, none of that. So I love that. And then probably my family's favorite, which is my favorite for a different reason, is I have this um, one pot pasta formula. And what it is, it's, um, so that one's on the cookful, not on cook the story. Um, but I think if you Google for like my name and one pot pasta, you're going to find it anyhow. Um, but basically what it is, is it's a recipe that you can use whatever you have at home already. And it all cooks in one pot, the pasta too. So if you have leftover chicken, if you have bell peppers and broccoli, if you have like whatever it is, and the pasta goes in the pot with chicken stock or vegetable stock and some heavy cream. You can use evaporated milk instead if you want to lighten it. Um, and the pasta cooks in there and it turns into the most delicious sauce and it's all cooked in the one pot. Like the, you have to cook your chicken first or if you're using the leftover chicken, but other than that. And the formula just really kind of lets you see like, oh, I could choose this and I have that and okay, and then you go. And my kids love it because it's tasty. It's just really, really delicious. I think that's the cream and there's cheese in there, anything creamy and cheesy. But I like it because I can change it, but it's the same every time. So I've memorized it. Like I don't open the recipe anymore. Like I'm just like, okay, I'm starting this up. And so it's, it's quick. It's easy. It's one pot to wash at the end and I've memorized it. So it's like different every time, but memorized. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. It's like a formula of, you know, how it's done. And then you can just kind of plug and play with the accessories, yeah. I guess. Uh, yeah. And yeah, it's the perfect one. I was saying earlier that I like recipes where I can like 
pop my podcast headphones in my ear and just go. It's like that at this point. I've made it a whole bunch of times. Also, I've been teaching my son to cook with that recipe because we use the same formula. He kind of understands what to do there. And then I just switch it up. Like this time we're going to cook up ground chicken to start. This time we're going to cook up some shrimp to start. So he's learning like a bunch of little new things, but the core of the recipe stays the same. And that's like less taxing on him to like just tweak little things and then have this thing that he knows how to make overall. Yeah, that's really cool. And I mean, then you kind of get to, you know, if you are teaching kids how to cook with a recipe like this, you get to, okay, well, there might be a little bit of a, there's a difference if we cook ground chicken and if we bake chicken breast, right? But you can still learn that thing, but also already know how to do the other part where we're putting everything in a pot or one pot and, you know, it comes out delicious. Yeah. And like for (laughs) dealing with a 13 year old, uh, I feel (laughs) like I'm only doing the instructional explaining part for a little while because there's only like the one new thing and he knows the rest. So that, that like possibility for points of conflict is reduced because we just have the one, the one new thing where I'm going to be like, no, 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 watch out. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Exactly. There's a lot Uh, of no, 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 watch out. But anyhow, (laughs) (laughs) that's fun though. Um, That's perfect. Well, I love that. Um, Definitely, we'll have your website and everything in the show notes so that uh, everyone can find that recipe. We are going to shift gears a little bit. And I have two questions that I ask every guest. The first one is, what is something that you do to choose intentionality in your everyday life? So this, uh, this is something I think a lot about. uh, And it changed in the last year a bit, but I'm slowly getting back it is the dividing line between my work life and my home life. I work from home. My job is food and cooking and the kitchen. And so there can be a a huge blurring of those lines. And I've had to teach myself to intentionally not let those lines blur. So I, I stop work every day at five. I try to not work on the weekends. When the kids are here, I don't for sure. Sometimes when they're not here, I do. Um, but things like you know, I'll, I'll drop them off at school and I'll come home and I don't even stop to do the breakfast dishes or to do anything like that. I just head to my desk because if I get wrapped into, it's so easy to avoid the like harder work tasks in doing dishes and oh, I'll just throw in that little laundry and I'll just, and then, and then I'm stressed out and, and my day isn't going well. And I find it, find it much better if I can um, divide that off. This is my work time. And even if I'm cooking, I'm cooking work stuff. I'm not cooking family food stuff, except if we're going to turn it into dinner, which does happen. But you know what I mean? Like there's just like this divide that I have to sort of enforce so that I don't let everything. And, and to that end, I actually, during the pandemic moved my office. It used to be kind of in this open area, like a living room. And I moved it into this small other room because I needed more than ever with them home when I was homeschooling to section that off and keep that work-life balance intact. Yeah, that is, I'm sure, so relatable. Well, it's relatable to me and so many others who have worked from home, even if their typical job was outside of the home during the Mm -hmm. pandemic. A lot of people, a lot of companies are letting people continue to choose to stay home, you know, and it is hard. Um, I worked from home kind of for myself and podcasting for a while, and then I switched to working from home for someone else, as in like I now teach um, 12th grade English. And so even that, like, it's still hard, even if you are accountable to 
someone other than yourself, right? It's still Mm -hmm. hard to not be distracted by all of the outside stuff. And it's still hard to shut the computer off at the right, at the time when you're supposed to, you know, no matter if it's your passion and what you absolutely enjoy or not, it's still Mm -hmm. like, okay, I have to do this, this, and this. So that's definitely so relatable and hard to to figure out. (laughs) It's hard, I think, but it, as with so many of the intentionality things for me, it is, it's a effort that becomes a habit, right? Like, Mm -hmm. so you are intentionally deciding to do something. And if you put that intention and you follow through for X amount of time, then it becomes the way your life works, you know? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And my second question is just kind of a fun one. And um, it is, what is something that you're loving right now? And that can really be anything. So I just redecorated a room in my house. It used to be like, I don't know, this sitting room that never got used. It wasn't as comfy as like where our TV was and it just, it was whatever. And I decided to, well, what I wanted like a space to do yoga, but I didn't want a whole room for that. So we kind of turned it into this like cozy floor space. There's a soft carpet and there's cushions all over the floor and I can like roll up the the big comfy rug and do my yoga in there. I can lay down on the ground and read and it just, I don't know, it's like a different feel. Like it's definitely not like a TV watching room. This is a place to lay around and be cozy and be comfy and that is probably my favorite thing right now. That's awesome. I feel like that is unique. Like there's not usually, we don't usually have a space for true relaxation or like with yoga, just somewhere where you can be present and breathe and (laughs) do what you need to do there. Focus, you know, Um, that's awesome. Yeah. I think it might even be somewhat, I don't know if it's common, but I know like often houses had like a formal living room and like a den family room and then our world or, or even like, I don't even have a dining room anymore. Like we used to have like a, this is, I think it might've even been the room that was supposed to be the dining room of the house. We don't have a formal dining room anymore. We just have our kitchen nook where we eat, you know? So like taking that space that is never, ever being used and really think about like, for me, it was thinking about like, what would make me happy in a space? What, what is something I would actually use and go into all the time and feel joy, you know? Yeah. So cool. I love that. Well, that's awesome. And I have loved our conversation about food and I am excited to check out your recipes even more than I already have and use some of them as well. So thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me, Desiree. It's been really great. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Christine. You might know this by now, but I like to end each episode with a little challenge. It's just a way to take what you might have listened to and apply it to your everyday life. Take it or leave it. It's just kind of fun for me to come up with these things because I like to apply the episodes, especially guest episodes, to my own life as well and kind of use what I learned from these conversations in my actual life. So with today's episode, I think there are just so many little tips that you could take away and use. So my first kind of encouragement and challenge to you is just to use whatever spoke to you most in this episode, whatever idea maybe came up about kind of less stress meal planning in a busy season that felt like, oh, wow, I could definitely do that or I really want to try that. Try to put it into practice this week so that you don't forget about it. We often might find ourselves searching social media or Pinterest for ideas on things like meal planning or other household chores that we need to do. And we can take in all of this information, but what happens if we never actually use any of that information? And how often does that happen? So I just wanna challenge you to 
Take whatever spoke to you most in today's episode and just do it. Apply it this week. Specifically for me, the one thing that spoke to me the most is the idea of even if I don't make a meal plan for that week, we still put food on the table throughout the week. So I want to start writing down my meals after the fact if I didn't meal plan or follow my meal plan that week. That way I have a calendar that just has all of these meal ideas. I can look back and see what did we eat. Even if I didn't plan ahead, planning after the fact or at least making keeping a record of these things can help me in the future and make meal planning a less tedious thing. I hope this episode gives you a little less stress with getting food on the table for you and your family. And I am just thankful you are here as always. It is almost three years since I originally started podcasting. And there have been a lot of ups and downs in the process this past year as I've navigated what it looks like to work full time and try to keep up with this podcast. Things have definitely been less consistent, but I am super grateful that you are here and that you are listening in and that you're hanging out with me on the weeks that I am able to publish an episode. So thank you. Thank you for being here. And if this episode spoke to you, would you, as always, share it with a friend, share it on Instagram. I'm super grateful when I see that, when I see that you've shared it and tagged me. I am grateful for you sharing the show. I'm so grateful for you inviting others into this community as we all walk together to a more intentional life. That is all I have for today, friends. I will talk to you right back here on the next episode. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.